is it Tool Time Tim Taylor? It's Tim the Tool Time Tam Tam Taylor. Welcome to Tool Time, the best show to ever be on some night of television. And it's us. Uh, it's me, Tim, and I'm with Tool Man. Today on Tool Tim, <laughs> we're we're going to be talking about uh, just screwdrivers. And for the love of God, free me from this hell. Welcome to Carl Bulling. I was going to go for it. I was going to do ten minutes of us trying to put, a, put some shelves up. Well, I was going to I was going to yes and you, but I forget the name of the fat one. Ah, uh, Chris Pine. It's not that definitely all. not that. Definitely not Chris Pine. Well, I mean, that, that's the real Edison, Jim Gaffigan. Edisonian way of figuring out who it is. Right. Because we found... 9,000 names that definitely aren't it. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, then I finally found the filament that does make the light bulb. Uh, why would you filament? Just, they're usually solid. Nice. Uh, anyhow. Wow, we are really essaying to oh, well. Man. Do you want to, do you want to give up? <laughs> do you want to just give up and not do the show anymore? Hey guys, welcome to Liberal Car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Trump's a racist. And that's the show. You should pay for my coffee, okay? But not for a plastic straw. Thanks for coming. I can pee wherever I want. Yeah, and, and clothes should be optional, especially if I'm a heavy set tranny and you're a child. <laughs> Woof. Woof. You it thought hurts I was, it was done real. with you, Jessica Yaniff? Get back You in thought the car. I was done with you? Yeah. We're just getting started. Yeah. Hey, did you hear about that? I did hear about that. I don't want to talk about that. Also, no, about her and Blair White. Oh no! I didn't hear about this. Apparently, Did they have a fight? She, she apparently Jessica Yaniv doxed Blair White. Yes. Blair White called Yaniv, told her that it. Sorry, she, man, Thanks. she man, and the Masters of the Universe. Are we keeping this take, or are we gonna start over? We're keeping this. <laughs> this is going in the final cut. Okay. Um, Blair called Yaniv, and told him that she was recording. And then Yanov basically admitted on a recorded call to doxing. This is all allegedly. Are uh, you kidding? No, I'm not. Uh, this is, uh, I think Blair wow. tweeted about that last night, that's, so I didn't follow up today. That's kind of illegal. Well, you're, this is coming from the dumb Heine who, yeah, like, had text messages that were obviously from him to little girls asking them how to... Yeah, uh, you know, a bunch of disgusting stuff that yep. we don't need to go into. Yep. But and that got on the internet. And, and then he's just like, "Nah, that ain't me, man. Not nah, is that your phone number? Yeah. Is that your is that your Facebook account? Yep. Yes. Yep. yep Did yep. you send those messages? Nah, not me. Nah, I, I just me. think so this I person got, has no hacked. shame. I think <laughs> I think they think they have a transsexual bubble shield and uh, ain't gonna work, dude. We're all we're all rocking Max Light Yaller horns. We're popping that bubble shield. Oh my goodness, that's a really good Destiny reference. Thank you, sir. We were OG. We, we were did run that guild. So OG. Yeah. Uh, all right. Those days. Anyhow, um, yeah. So anyway, I hope I hope that Flair Flair was like. I'm taking their ass to jail or whatever. Wow. And I'm like, go and get them. Yeah, that would be that would actually be really cool. I'd be happy about that if she uh, took them out. That would be really good, actually. One more pedo off the streets. Yeah. Uh, actually, two more pedos off the streets. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, thank you very much. So did you hear... For checking out. I don't want to... I don't want to do this because this isn't the show. But... 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 They found out he had bones broken in his neck. Yeah, I saw which, that. But he's old. 
Yeah, like uh. that. So they're like, here's the yeah, like that means that he might have been a strangled, or, and I think this is more believable, is that when he that when he murdered himself or committed suicide, you know, the bed sheet, you know, something cracked in there because he's an old dude. For, for context for people listening. There's been a lot of crap about Epstein. There's been on, a lot of people shooting from the hip saying that this was a conspiracy theory. That, on literally every side. Yeah, a lot of people were like, oh, Trump did it. Yeah. And a bunch of people were like, oh, Clintons did it. Yeah. Ben Shapiro's take was hilarious. <laughs> they were, she, he was responding to the hashtag Clinton body count uh, uh, on Twitter. Yep. And he's like, you're talking about a woman that couldn't find Wisconsin on a map. <laughs> Just like, that's... Yeah, let's not attribute to malice what we can attribute to incompetence yet. But, yeah. um, anyhow... There's just a bunch of fishy stuff that happened. Yeah, it's, there's but a it's bunch also of fishy like, stuff. It also could just be like, yeah, people are dumb and they do dumb things, and this guy definitely, definitely wanted to kill himself. Like, it could also just be that simple. Yeah, well, I, I definitely think that... Or people are corrupt and got paid off, you know, to look the other way. To while, let him kill himself. Yeah. Like, I, I think that that's certainly true. I mean, his, his lawyer's argued to get him taken off suicide watch then right. he got his cellmate transferred out then both the guards that were supposed to be watching him were, were falsifying naps. logs and taking naps and everything yeah. I think at a minimum you're going to find some prosecution in there just because of the uh, corruption that allowed him to kill himself yeah something, uh, something smells I, but I don't think that now what Hunter was talking about is that there were the coroner's report showed two bones or the autopsy uh, showed that there were two bones broken in his neck that typically are not broken during a hanging. They're yeah. much more indicative of a strangulation, which is, uh, it's definitely going to fuel uh, Alex Jones' nightmare fuel. Yeah. So, yeah, we what can you say about moon, that? The earth is flat, and Jeffrey Epstein was strangled. Like, it's... I'd like to think it was happen. it was Hillary on one side and Trump on the other, just smiling, just and one hand apiece. You like, know, this is how we want to treat America. Like yes, and it's <laughs> gonna be kissed. it's gonna be that meme with the the two arms <laughs> interlocking. Yeah, and it's gonna be Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton strangling Epstein before he talks. Yes, um, that's fantastic. So anyhow, uh, I uh, I don't have a lot more to say about that. I, I don't either, except I just feel like I just. I feel like it's newsworthy, like that. You know, it's this is a very important, high-profile person that obviously was doing a lot of super bad things that was getting away with it for a very long time, yeah. and him dying is going to be news. And the fact that his bones are broken, his neck is news. And I would behoove people to not jump the gun on anything here. I mean, yeah, there's I, so much stuff that there's so many better explanations than it was the secret Illuminati lizard queen that wanted him dead. Now. Hunter, I spoke with the Lizard Queen. Did you? Yes, okay. in an exclusive, an exclusive interview. Okay. And uh, she actually didn't want him dead. Oh, really? Uh, no, she actually, he was so cold-blooded, she saw him as one of her own. Oh, that makes sense, though. Uh, you know what? I, I, do have, I do have just a couple more things to say. Of course, I don't think this is a conspiracy I actually, theory. I actually have one more thing to say that's just funny. Okay, go ahead. There's a unique... Jeffrey Epstein had a... Had a portrait, I believe, or painting done of Bill Clinton in a in a blue dress and red heels in the Oval Office, clearly alluding to Monica Lewinsky. Which is, <laughs> yeah, because well, that's what I want to hear more about, and, and yeah. I don't know if I want to hear more about it because there's going to be more light shown on the case, or if I just have uh, terrible priorities and a, um, a disgusting voyeuristic streak in my body. But I, I want to know what they found on his island because yeah. the the. Uh, I'm Federales really, rated it this week. It's very interesting that that piece leaked. 
you know? Yeah. Like... Oh, you mean about the painting? Yeah, because I mean... Uh, like, how could that piece not leak? I mean, I guess that's the that's other thing. piece. I guess that's the other thing is like, yeah, but then that also makes me feel like, well, if that's the thing that leaked, did they not find anything that was super, super gross? I, I, because that, that painting could be like a really bad, you know, horribly bad, poor taste joke. You know, between friends. Sure. But... I, I... Okay. For one, did you see the picture of it? I did. It's it was, incredible. It was... Well, it's it's very funny. It's... Yeah. Like, I, th- I honestly feel like it's supposed to make you laugh. It's so bad. You know? Like, it's it's that off-putting. I, I think it's one of the most patriotic things I've ever seen. Well, that's wrong. <laughs> There's definitely no way it's that. Um, anyhow, I'll just say this. It's a shame that Epstein uh, killed himself in a certain sense. Uh, it's a shame yeah, that yeah, we could have learned he, a lot he about what was going on. A lot sure. of people get paid. And I hope, I hope uh, Attorney General Barr goes and gets him. Go get him, buddy. Go get him, um, dude. But I, I think it's a shame that his, his um, victims didn't have a chance to face him down in court. Yeah. I think, I think that I'm sure some of them feel shortchanged. On the other side, good riddance. Yeah, absolutely. Like, glad, I'm glad to see you go. Nice to nice to have that chapter done with, if, if yes. nothing else. Although I'm sure now it's not done. Like, yeah. there's there we've got now we've got to do some hard digging around. But at least this horrible, nasty person is paid yeah. in some way. And I hope I hope that he found forgiveness. I really do. Yeah, that would be but, fantastic. But uh, I, I strongly doubt that's the case. It doesn't look like and, it. And and you know what? It, find victims of his can find a little bit of comfort knowing that if he didn't make his peace uh, then he is going through something worse than he could ever put somebody else through right now. Yeah, that's for sure. So And, and well deserved. Yeah. So, well deserved for all of us, but uh, it's hard to it's hard not to feel like there's a little justice in the world. Yeah. Imagining that happened to something, someone like him. So, anyhow uh, I just want to know how much that painting goes for. I can't imagine. Well, I mean, like a Picasso goes for like fifteen bucks, so it can't be more than that. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be horrendous. Several stacks. Yeah, yeah. Um, Several stacks of paintings, of course. I think that we buy the painting. We started GoFundMe. We buy the painting, okay, and we give all of the uh, proceeds. Proceeds, yes. To the painting. (laughs) To the painting. (laughs) (laughs) We burn them in a small fire. A small fire in front Uh, of the painting. Yes, to honor it as our new as our new deity. As our new god. Um, <laughs> Jeez Louise. So, anyhow, um, let's get into uh, studio upgrades. Hunter, it doesn't look like you've done crap. I did. I totally put air in the back tire. Air in the back tire. Also, Dad, if I have to keep putting air in the back tire, does that mean I, does that mean something's wrong? This is a test to see if Dad actually listens. That's good. Yeah. Dad, so, write us in. Dad, write us in. Feeling- Write us in at about gmail. two weeks com. from now and let me know if I have a problem. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, this is definitely going to be in the uh, evidence that the, it's admitted to evidence in the hearing that goes on when you your car blows up, you catch on fire, and you drive into the middle of like a preschool or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that Chick Fil A is never gonna know what hit it. Yeah, exactly. Man, <laughs> Hunter, friendly fire, friendly fire, friendly fire. Uh, let's jump right into uh, to. Um, roadkill this week. Yeah, there really is no competition here. Well uh, done, uh, well, well done, Fredo. You've catapulted Fredo. yourself to the top. Um, Chris Fredo Cuomo. Chris Fredo Cuomo. Like, <laughs> okay, this so is let's, so good. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen the video, just go Google Chris Cuomo Fredo and yeah, watch the video. It will come up, and then plug your 
virgin ears from all the swearing. Yeah, there's a there's a little bit of swearing in yeah. it. Uh, there's a lot of bit of swearing. There's in a it. lot of swearing. Uh, in and it. to start with, let's be clear. Okay. Chris Cuomo's out. In uh oh. And we're back. So Chris Cuomo's out in public, and this guy comes up and he heckles him. Now is is that a nice thing to do? Hey, everyone, relax. Um, I think, and also I think it's to be. Ooh, ooh. Just so, it, just so it's taken care of, we despise public heckling to public officials and yeah. and anybody really. Like you don't, you don't. I mean, like if if somebody's doing a Q and A at a town hall, let them have it. Yes. If you want to talk to someone on Twitter, let them have it. But if someone's eating their dinner, let them eat their dinner. Be an adult. Yeah. Be exactly. an adult. Yeah. Um, and and there's obviously exceptions to that rule, but ninety nine times not- out of a hundred. Let the poor man eat. And I don't know that there's any exceptions right now in America. I, I, mean, I can't think of one. I, I mean, if I saw David Duke, I would be watching him like a hawk. But I, I, if he's not, if he's not currently calling for violence, you know. If I saw Jeffrey Epstein at like the Marietta Diner, I might beat him to death because I think he was a ghost. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's it's totally legal to kill ghosts. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with killing a ghost. And that's not that's not me just being like kind of a pundit. Or a podcast host. That's actually my legal advice to you: is that you that, can yeah. absolutely kill ghosts if you want to. <laughs> as a lawyer. As a lawyer. Yeah. As a lawyer. Chris Carl, ghost lawyer, Esquire. <laughs> it's totally cool. Just murder ghosts. They actually want it because it frees them from this. Yeah, it actually it frees them from this realm, and they're yeah. gonna be happy you did it. Yeah. And that's why it's like a good Samaritan law <laughs> for ghosts. So, so. And to be super clear, that is my legal opinion. Yeah, that's definitely um, it. Um, we should start. Another I'm gonna podcast. invoice every member of our of our podcast. Yeah, that, for that for that juicy half a minute. Um, that that would be a great a great podcast. Uh, what, uh, ghost lawyer? Yeah, we take questions from the audience. Yeah, TM TM TM. It's ours. You can't have it. And to be clear, we represent humans who are dealing with ghost issues. We don't represent ghosts because ghosts don't deserve representation. <laughs> they actually have no rights. Um. So they anyway. don't even want them. They know what they did. Have you seen Ghostbusters? They didn't care. Have you seen Mythbusters? This is nothing <laughs> like it. <laughs> what? Okay. So anyway, Chris Cuomo's out in public. Yes, yep. it's a bad thing. A guy comes up, he starts heckling him. Not a cool thing to do. Bad move. Also, it seemed pretty minor. It yeah. wasn't, I'm going to you know, find you, I'm going to find your family. It's not like the stuff that was happening outside of Tucker Carlson's house, for crying out loud. Right, or um, Mitch McConnell's. Well, Chris Cuomo, uh, he doesn't have... He doesn't have a lot of RAM. He doesn't have a lot of processing power. No, but and he does have a lot of anger. It's easy to it's easy to open up three tabs in Google Chrome and absolutely crash his system. Yep. So someone came up and called him Fredo, referencing the idiot brother in The Godfather, and his hard drive crashed, and uh, full kernel panic. It was, <laughs> it was hilarious. So he starts swearing this guy out. Um, and maybe deservedly so, you know. Yeah, this guy um, was a jerk coming up to him while he was eating dinner and but, saying something that was, you know, rude. Right, to him. right. No need for that in, out in public right. when he's just trying to go about his business and you're trying to go about yours. But we, we, we have this bad habit of taking Twitter out into the real world and we really shouldn't do that. No, Twitter belongs in Twitter world. Um, anyhow, then Chris Cuomo said something so <laughs> inherently stupid, insane, it completely insane. And the greatest part is CNN, like, completely had his back on it. He told the individual who called him Fredo that Fredo, just referencing the idiot brother from 
the Godfather. The Godfather, because he was juxtaposing him to Andrew Cuomo, who was also very stupid, but not quite Fredo stupid. Right. He said that Fredo was the N-word for Italians, which... Well what? done, sir. And so then I've seen all the supercuts where they have him saying that, and then all the times that somebody said Fredo on his show, right. or to him uh, about someone else on his show. This was great too because oh, it, it was so me, funny. It brought it brought out this amazing clip too of him saying on some serious XM radio that saying fake news to the journalist was like saying oh, the N-word. Oh, it was the N-word for journalists. It it's was just like, like, are you serious? Are you absolutely serious? Like, here's how you know that Fredo is not the N-word because you can actually say that word. And you can't say the N-word. Like, it's it's that simple. Like, it's, there's a reason why even when he was so furious at the guy, he was still saying Fredo. It's because it's not that offensive. Right. At all. And I'm sure his argument is going to be that, you know, well, it's his word because he's Italian, so he can say it. And I'm looking Ridiculous. forward to his hip-hop album to drop where he ends every line in Fredo. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be really hard <laughs> to do a hip-hop beat to one of those squeeze boxes, but I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. <laughs> Man. Uh, and you know what? I think in the inevitable Eminem song where he said there's vomit out on his sweater already, Mom's Spaghetti, he was actually, in, you know, kind of experimenting with what we might consider, we might return to consider the first Italian-American Italian rap hip-hop song. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Chris Cuomo, um, abs- Marsha's all, always been a moron. good the, the winner, more. Yeah, the winner of this, uh, this uh, week's Roadkill poll and also a complete Fredo. Yeah, so, an absolute Fredo. Anyhow. Uh, Gosh, I hope that becomes like the word my kids hate me for in like uh, 20 years. How about just quit comparing things to the N-word, dude? That seems like Fake a news and Fredo, idea. not the N-word. Not, would, not even close. So. I, would, I would pay $50 for that to be the bad word that my kids hate me for saying. Yeah. Like, I would be so happy. I, I just want I want Don Lemon to just drop Fredo on the next time that they have one of their powwows. Just like smile and go, oh, that would be great if he just smiled and said, "Hey there, Fredo," and then Chris Cuomo said, "Hey there," <laughs> just right on live television. <laughs> They're like, "No, we gave each other a pass." No, we gave each other the pass. We yeah, just have the totally card. Fine. It's totally, totally fine. fine. Totally, totally fine. fine. Totally, totally cool. fine. And cool, those cool, words cool, totally cool. equitable. Totally it's equitable. the same amount offensive. Oh my god! Oh, so my stupid. That would so. Be, That'd be, that would make me cry. But yeah. it won't happen because we know it won't happen. Because you know, Chris they, Cuomo they can't to, even eat Alfredo because it upsets him too much. <laughs> they have to know that, like, that's... Like, who... What, what is the boardroom meeting where everybody just sits and lets that get a pass? <laughs> yeah, well, then CNN comes out and says that he was... That an ethnic slur was used to him, and that's why he freaked out on this video. It's like, I, I saw guys, BBC, guys, guys, I saw the BBC write a ridiculous article where it says, like, in certain, uh, like territories or places it's considered the n-word you know to call someone that it's like it's the godfather you go back it's a person's name go back to italy go roll into venice shout fredo at the top of your lungs I, and see what happens the I, answer is nothing yeah nothing will happen yeah to you. yeah just yeah scream fredo and then scream mussolini and see where, which one causes you to die first yeah you know there you go yeah have a good time it's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. Uh, but now we know that the standard is that as long as someone on the left who is speaking truth to power, as long as someone... They, they claim a word yeah. and it crosses the line. Now, we can just create new N-words ad hoc now. Yeah. So that's pretty fun. I can't wait till we find some other fun N-words. Like maybe, like I don't know, Link will be the N-word for video gamers. <laughs> if you call someone a Link, 
Well, I, I don't feel, know. I feel like cisgendered and transgender are kind of like that, like the newest form of that, right? Like, you know, like you can't assume someone's gender, right? And like, I feel like, I feel like what we're going to start seeing is people who don't use the proper pronouns, you know, at the end, like designating that. And the people who don't, you know, make a point to say that they're cisgendered because they're acknowledging there are transgendered people when they're saying that. I feel like I feel like that's that new frontier that's starting to open up where your language is just going to get, you know, grossly policed in an, in, in an overreach, if you will. Sure. So, and and yeah. luckily for right now, CNN uh, has almost no ratings and almost no power. But, so, yeah, fingers uh, crossed. Anyhow. But yeah. That's, so, uh, that's should, real dumb. Should we dump into the actual show? Sure. Should we dump? Should we jump? Should we jump? Did I say jump or dump? <laughs> you are such a Fredo right now. That's true. You know that? Yeah. But yeah. I am the older brother, so I had that going for me. Yeah, I guess you do. I have a much better beard. I, I No, that's not true. That's not I, true at all. Someone, someone was asking me to tell them about you that they hadn't met you because I told a story about you this week. Okay. And I told him that he was you were my older, younger brother. That makes uh, a I lot of sense. I told him that you were my older kid brother. <laughs> my older like, kid brother? They were like, what? I was like, yeah. He's, I mean, he's been around longer, but he's my kid brother. But he's... But he, no, 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 no. Let's be honest here. <laughs> Let's be honest, guys. Let's not tell lies. Tell no falsehoods to me, sir. Um, okay, so let's talk about today's topic. And that would have to be... We're going to kind of jump into what the heck is going on in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, and this this is a really, really sad thing. Well, let me... There's parts of this that are heartbreaking, and there's parts of this that are incredible. No, no. So, I, I think... I think it, I, well, I, I, I don't think... And this is a ying, but I don't think... Sadness is necessarily like a devoid of beauty, if that sort of sure, makes sense. Sure, sure, sure. Like, yeah, I, no. th- I think that's why we tell comedies and tragedies. Like, right. th- th- there's obviously a reason that we learn from both of those things. And sometimes the fact that a group of people will stand up and like not be pushed down is the most tragic, beautiful thing you'll ever see in your life. Exactly. So, yeah, like, I'm with you. Well, but... rain will make the flowers grow, Hunter. Yeah, April showers bring those... I was, I was quoting my miss. Well, I was quoting... Which, which is important the, I was to quoting, the story. I was quoting my, my, like, your parents' wisdom, you know, so who who really had the upper hand there, Chris? Um, I think me. Okay, More fair people enough. have read, uh, Victor Hugo's book than our parents' book, uh, because they haven't written one yet. So, anyhow, Hong Kong. Let's set the stage. Okay. Way back in the whenevers, uh, Hong Kong was a province of the United Kingdom. A territory, if you will. There was a lot of discomfort going on in that area. Uh, a lot of pressure from China for the UK to get out. Uh, China wanted its its harbor back, basically. And so a deal was made with uh, China that UK would pull out and leave Hong Kong uh, to the mercy of the Chinese government, basically, with a deal made that Hong Kong would be self-ruling. Now, the actual terms of that self-governance were that, was that the people could assemble, etc., have the freedoms that they wanted to, to agree on themselves. However, the leader of the city would be appointed by mainland China. The, so, that's important to note. So, okay. it's not, there, there's an amount of autonomy, but not total autonomy. Do you know the timeline for all this? And and guys, Christopher actually knows a lot more about what's going on, like the nuts and bolts, and that should kind of be obvious from the conversation we have on here going forward. But like, do, do you know when all that kind of like 
settle in? Like, are we talking a hundred years ago? Are we talking a day or two ago? Like, I, I no, it was. It's a while ago. I don't know how long. Okay, but like, let's just go with maybe. Well, let's let's not worry about it. It, it happened. It, it it's been the deal for a while. Okay, fair enough. Correct. So, at any rate, there was, and I wish I could remember her name. It's something like Lim, something Lim. It's the current, the current ruler, appointed governor okay. of Hong Kong. Okay, was supporting this law. This is about uh, probably like a month and a half, two months ago at this point. Was supporting a law that would allow extradition of Hong Kong citizens to mainland China to stand trial. And oh. the the people of Hong Kong saw this as a huge breach of the agreement as a huge threat to their political autonomy. Yeah. And so they were very upset about this specific law. Yeah, that's a um, big no-no. They started protesting, massive protests, and they were successful so far. I think it was about two or three weeks ago um, that the law was basically repealed. They, they weren't going to uh, keep it in the legislature however it was still proceeding forward they basically renegotiated on that but at this point there had been so much tension and so much pushback from from china and so much animosity between the protesters and the chinese government that they the protesters didn't go home they wanted more and so after that law got pushed back they started asking for uh, a true government by their people one of the most significant asks was for them to be able to elect their own governor in the in Hong Kong. Okay, so they so, could elect that ruler and not have it appointed by mainland China. That's correct. And okay. it's also important to note that these protests have been uh, extremely peaceful. Now, there was an incident a couple of days ago where a, a police officer and a citizen got into a bit of an altercation, a female citizen. I'm not sure how it started, so I'm not gonna comment on who the instigator is. Suffice it to say that on the video that got captured, you do see the police officer dragging this woman to the ground and then draws his his uh, his stick, his, his club. Uh-oh. And then another group of protesters comes, steals his club, and beats the mess out of him with it. Um, he then draws his pistol, but uh -oh. does not fire it, and the That's crowd some kind of dispersed. Right there. Yeah, so I, we could learn a thing or two from that. We could learn a thing or two from that. Um, although this is this is the best country in the entire world, even, no, no, even I, when you look at gun violence. But hey, the Japanese put heaters behind their mirrors so they don't fog up while they're in the shower. We could learn a thing or two from that, Christopher. You know, why the, haven't we done that? People have so much wisdom to teach you, and you're just living with fogged up mirrors, America. Okay. I, I think, I don't know, uh, at a certain BMI, the fog on the mirror becomes a feature, not a bug. That's true, though. Anyhow. Um, yeah. They don't have that problem in Japan. Yeah, well, when you're trying to share the food that you grow on, like, one sliver of island with, like, 60 quadrillion people, it's probably not a thing. It's probably, yeah. you guys are probably good. They're Keep, probably good. Heat the mirrors. Look <laughs> look clearly into your own physique. Yeah. Um but, but yes, sorry, so the officer was able to defuse the situation with the threat of violence without yeah. having to have it escalate beyond that. But okay. that's one of the most violent Things altercations that happened. has happened. We know what no, would have happened no in No real America. injuries. Yeah, we know what would have happened if that, if that had happened in a, an American riot or a 
British one for that matter, you know, like the the amount of violence that happened in I mean like tanks rolled into Ferguson. I mean, come on. Like we we know what happens. Well, yeah. here you go. Okay. Uh, I don't think we're as different as you think. Okay. So in the past few weeks, China has been amassing military personnel and vehicles on the yes, border. Yes, I saw this horrifying image of just the highway like leading into the border of Hong Kong and it was it was more government like trucks like big trucks with like canvas um, compartments on the back to house like soldiers and weapons and thing like things like that like big 18 wheeler trucks yeah. uh, with that setup and it was like uh, no joke I probably probably what I could see on the screen was close to like 30 of them but they were down the highway beyond running out towards the horizon where I couldn't see anymore right like and, and this terrifying. is this is to fight civilian population right people people who who had to take the police's club to, right to get him off the woman right but anyway so it it looks like we're not far away from that uh, in the meantime the Chinese protesters have practically been begging for America's support yeah um, and not only not only begging for their support but I think truly capturing the essence of what it means in that poem uh, about the Statue of Liberty when it says yearning to be free. Yeah. Uh, they have been singing the Star Spangled Banner. They've been waving American flags. They've been. It's interesting because they seem to know something that a lot of us have forgotten is that it is truly, that, that no matter how much negativity is in the press, no matter how many uh, oil tankers Iran seizes, right. that America is a symbol world the world over uh, for freedom, especially in these communist totalitarian regimes where people don't have the freedoms that we enjoy here. They still see us. Uh, the American flag isn't just a different country. It's not like us when we see the French flag and we think, oh yeah, good bread. Right. Uh, it, it means something more to them than that. And that's a pretty incredible thing to take note of. And I, I, think, it's, I think it's really telling that a a group of people who probably, who, no, not probably, have never tasted freedom like we get to drink deeply from it here in America, uh, realize that, and yet we we want more. I, I think the I think the story of America, to some extent, um, is that freedom is worth the price. Sure. And I think, and it's like the revolution necessarily wasn't a terrible price to pay. And what I mean by that is... Not if you were wearing red. <laughs> not if you were wearing red. Uh, Take I, that, Jerry. What I mean that is, I'm not diminishing the fact that people died, but we were fighting over taxes. You know what I mean? Like, and we were fighting over, like, you know, soldiers being forced to live in our homes. Sure. Right? And, like, our laws slowly, slowly, slowly getting taken away from us. People weren't getting shot. I mean, the Boston Massacre, that happened, but, like, you know... It, People, it wasn't like militarized action against the people, you know. And I think the Boston Massacre it got played up for that. But, but like you know, it's it was several. What, was it five people that got shot that it, died? It wasn't. Well, honey, you got to remember the population back then. There was only like fifteen of us. Right. That was half of Boston. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, so. but you get you get my point. Is like like we weren't in like dire 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 uh, di dictatorships. But we all agreed, and we the country agreed at the time that it was worth it to put it together and then that's been something that especially I think in the 20th century we've also paid the price for 
And you could even say in the Civil War, we paid the price for that too. Like it was worth fighting for other people's freedom. Sure. And that's something we've been, I think we've just, that is, that is what you could say is like the grand myth of ourselves is that freedom is worth the cost. And I think... You mean, you mean myth as in, as in a divine story, not falsehood. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think I ever use it in the other term. So anytime you hear me say myth, I'm probably talking about like the story we tell ourselves divine or otherwise, you know? Sure. Um, uh, well, and I just think there's power in stories. So, but, but I think, I think that's a, essentially the quintessential American story. And I think, I think I've mentioned this in the show before. This is a quote of Andrew Clavins I really like to use, or I really like to bring up is that the, the group of people that fight for freedom are always a minority. The people that are actually willing to pay that price are a small group of people. And I think what you see being played out in Hong Kong is exactly that same story. And I think that's why the symbols actually mean so much to them is because they're, they're actually living out that same, that same um, tale that, it, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter if they bring in tanks. It doesn't matter if they bring in the military. It's our freedoms are worth the price. And, right. and the price is undefined, but it's worth it for them. And yeah. I think that's, I think when you see, I don't think there's been a better representation of that than America to the world. And I think that, I think that's one of the reasons it can fill people with such hope too. Well, right. Because, well, not only have we done it for ourselves, but like you mentioned, we did it for other people too. We, we did it for the people in our country too. Like literally paid the price of blood in some instances. Well, I, I mean other, other countries entirely. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Germany, Italy, you, you know, know, we like, we, we fought those wars to make sure that they could not take other people's rights. I don't know if I, I don't know if I told this story on the podcast before, but I lived in France for a while. Yeah. And I lived on a. This was, this is such a cool thing. I'm really happy you're bringing this up. Sure. I lived on a small border town called uh, Metz. And it, on the German border, just uh, you know, twenty-minute train ride south of Luxembourg, and uh, I, w- I was going there, and I went there with a cohort of Americans, and uh, there was a certain group of Americans that just you know wanted to party and live it up and do that whole thing. You mean study abroad? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, we, it was an interesting one because we actually had to get residency because of the time frame that we were going to be over there. Right. So we were, like, living in an apartment with a bunch of French people, you know? And uh, it, was, it, was a, it wasn't like we were going over to a school somewhere else. It was, like, a real assimilation, you know? We had mm. to, like, navigate the buses and, and go buy food from the market and do all this kind of stuff. Right. So it was, it was pretty fun. And I made it my goal to uh, go over there, learn the language, meet as many people as possible. And so I did that thing. And uh, I noticed that people were kind of... I guess typically dismissive of Americans, or so I thought. Um, when I when you would speak English, they would they would kind of, you know, not want to talk to you, not want to associate with you. And um, I'm in line at the grocery store one day, and I ask a question in French to the person behind me. I don't remember what I asked them, and they. How do you eat so many baguettes? <laughs> yeah, how do you how do you stay so fit uh, with all the carbs? And they're like, no, we're not fit. We just wear black. I'm like, that is a great idea. It's a great idea. I'm um, taking that back home. Yeah, exactly. And and smoke like a chimney. Every single one of them. Um, Losing the plot. Anyhow, so they asked me where in England I was from, because they said they they said, would you rather speak English? And I was like, yes. And then they said, uh, where in England are you from? And I said, oh. I'm not 
British, I'm American. And when they heard that I was American, they bought my food. Yeah. And I so started cool. I started telling more people, making sure that when I, I wouldn't say I speak English, I would say I'm American. When I started telling people on the French border that I was American, they would buy my meals at restaurants. They would they would spend the rest of the day showing me stuff downtown. They'd invite me into their apartments. I didn't know they, I didn't know all this piece to it. I just thought it was the one story. No, no, no. It wow. happened several times. I, 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 at restaurants, I had a restaurant caught my food, and then twice I had another another set of diners at the restaurant pay for my food when they figured out that I was American. This is one of the things, and this this is this is one of the blessings and the curses of World War Two, if yeah. you will. It is a blessing that that war was not fought on our soil. Oh, absolutely. It is a curse to our memory that it wasn't. Yeah. And it's like, we just, we, those people understand what that, what, what, what that, what the cost was. Right. What, what it actually meant to be there and what it meant for people who didn't live there and did and had every easy way to like not get involved, getting flying pieces of metal and come across the ocean with gunpowder and lead to save you, you know? Right. And it's like... Well, that's that's what it was. When exactly. I asked, when I got around to asking one of them, I was like, "Hey, I thought you guys weren't like super super down with Americans. Why why are you guys being so nice to me?" And they're like, "No, we don't like the British." <laughs> and they're like, "We can't tell the difference between your accent, your your accent and the British accent." Uh, the you know British kids just come over here on holiday all the time and cause a big ruckus and do all that kind of stuff. Mm. And they would say, "I had one person say to me." Your ancestors came over here and saved my grandfather. So cool. And and they said it's good that Americans come here. We want more Americans to come here. And yeah. they asked me to come back and tell Americans that they wanted us to be able to come to France anytime because they have this fear. They have a fear that without Americans being able to freely travel to France and be being able to be in their country that they might fall into the same kind of tyranny that they were subject to at the beginning of the century. Wow. And, and so it was it was a really incredible experience, especially when you juxtapose that to the way that most Americans think about it, that, you know, that the Parisians are all stuck up and they hate us. Sure. No, they adore us. Yeah. And, uh, and, and if, if it I, filled I, me with a certain amount of pride because it wasn't just, not that I had done anything, but it was a revelation that exactly the same thing that's going on in Hong Kong right now. Right. That the stars and the stripes and America is a symbol to people who are yearning to be free. Yeah. I, and I, I want to, I don't want to, I don't want to like derail things, but I just want to ask because I remember this and I just want to see if my memory's right. Cause I think it's, I think it's a slightly interesting point. Um, if I remember it was very different in that village near the border of Germany than it was, say, in Paris. Well, Paris is New York. You know, sure. everybody's and, rude. And, and, that, and that's totally fine. And there's a lot going on, and they have their whole thing. But these guys probably ran their grocery stores, ran their restaurant, you know, because mom and dad did the same thing, you know, sort of thing. Smaller little thing going on, and memories are probably a little bit stronger, too, closer to Germany. But but I but I also just think that, that that's such a cool thing, because it's, yeah. that's not typically what we think about. And, and I... No. And, and we also sang the Star Spangled Banner at the top of our lungs on the oh, I on this. the uh, metro yeah, in, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. in Munich. Yeah. And I've never seen so many hopped off German people. <laughs> it got a little scary for a second there. I was <laughs> like, did I just start the Fourth Reich? I'm not sure. <laughs> for um, America? <laughs> yeah. I was. There was a couple people in Germany that had been rude to me that day. So I'm just at the top of my lungs. I just started belting out the Star Spangled Banner. And then by the end of it, there's probably like... 
you know, 30% of this train car singing it with me, and the rest of the people, like, gripping their briefcases and that's, just, like, not looking side to side. That's so funny. Looking like they were, like, trying to go Super Saiyan. It's really, it's really strange how, one, it, if you travel abroad, it's really something how loud you are. Like, you just don't realize it if you're... I'm speaking to the Americans in the room. Like, you are so loud. <laughs> Please stop. And uh, it's all... And, like, and I also think, like, those loud displays of, like, joyous... Revel, uh, like, just joy in public is not a thing that you're going to see a lot. No. So, like, you know, use it wisely is my, <laughs> is my advice. So, um... But getting us back on track here. Yeah, I, I think I think the simple thing that we just described is like the message of America is actually more important to some foreigners than it is to Americans. Right. And I think That's exactly right. And I think well, there's two cool things to learn from that. One is the spirit that Hong Kong is like putting forth right now, singing that singing. Uh, Can you hear the people sing um, from the Les from Les Mis, which is actually illegal in China. Like you're not allowed to stream it. And they're like openly defying them, saying, "No, we're going to," and we're angry. And right. it's 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 just such a beautiful thing. And I think you know that's the story of the French Revolution. You know, the French Revolution, although the ideology got a little messed up, came from the same like heart as America. The only issue with it was, you know, you know, the, the philosophy guiding our revolution tended to be the right one, or at least the sure. one that's worked in history. If that sort of makes sense, right? Um, Which is there a better definition than right? Than, yeah, there, right than works. There really isn't, you know. And so it's like, like you know, two things should happen. One, you should. One, you should say a prayer for people in Hong Kong, and you should really, really, in any way you, in any power that you have, just grill anybody who's involved, because our president has done some god-awful, bad, nasty things, I think, in regards to how he's treated this whole situation. He, um, he's soft-pedaling the Chinese government, who is currently amassing a, a military army. force to potentially have another Tiananmen Square style event against their own people. Yeah. It, we're on, I, I know we've been a little bit jovial this episode, but we're on the precipice of something that is uh, potentially horrifying yeah. and also um, a, a real flashpoint in the global body politic. I, you think, know? I think this is a really good... Um, I think this is a really good point to just bring up again that, like... Hey, guess what? Russia and China weren't our friends for a long time. Yeah. And we're not really friends right now. You know, like, they are geopolitical threats, and I think that's a perfectly fine way to categorize them. And the nice thing about the day and age we live in is because nuclear weapons exist, geopolitical threats just do something we don't like sometimes every once in a while. And sometimes that means murdering people in Crimea, and sometimes that means murdering their citizens, and everybody is too scared to escalate beyond that. And that's and you know and, and that sucks because we need some way to be able to do some hand slapping, you know, to say you you can't do that. We need to be able to go in there and kick some names. But the problem is, if you do that, you know what's coming at this point, and it's and it's Armageddon, and nobody wants to do that. And so we kind of excuse each other for these, you know, what would you say, untenable uh, crossings of the moral of moral boundaries. Sure. That you know these soft dictatorships partaken and I think I think that's a huge puzzle we need to figure out and I don't think we have an answer to it yeah but well, I mean it's it's there's so many things that that factor into this are is 
when Donald Trump said, and he did say, that he was hoping that the situation in Hong Kong resolved itself, that it was good for all sides. And then he specifically said, and I, including China, I hope things go well for China. Which is the completely, when like, we're oh the, yeah, the murder of its own people. I really yeah. hope that goes well for China. No. Thanks, Trump. No, that's real stupid. Especially when they're, we're in the middle of this. Uh, taking them to the World Trade Organization for devaluing their currency, and right. we're in a quote-unquote trade war, and we're fighting it on the grounds that tariffs are good, not on the idea that China's, a, Which is a, China's an immoral dictatorship and all of that stuff. But I, it's very complicated. You know, where does practicality intersect with morality? Where does isolationism interact with uh, protecting the freedoms that America stands for on a global front? Here's the deal. You should at least in public say it's bad. And sure. like, and like, I feel like, I honestly can't remember Barack Obama's words at, during the Crimea incident, um, but I, I can't think of them off the top of my head, so I'm not going to comment on them. But you should at least, as the president, say like, the what China is doing to the citizens of Hong Kong is unforgivable. Sure. End of story. End of discussion. And and we've got to figure out the game past that because like, I don't know how you can actually help them in like a real sense without like going against China's sovereignty, which is a big no-no. We don't want to do that because we don't want the nukes. Um, but, yeah. I say bring them on. Well, you know, and, and there's an argument for that, too, and, and in a strange way, you know, Chris, because if you did that, what would, you know, you did that pump fake where you got some of those, you know, citizens out of there, you'd be like, what are you going to do, nuke us? Because, like, of course they're not. But, you know, that's kind of the game with nukes is that everyone believes that they're going to, that they're that anybody at any time could do it. But no one's going to do it because it would mean utter suicide. Except like, it's for, a weird head game. Except for Kim Jong-un. As soon as he can, he will. As soon as he uh, can, he will. <laughs> it's, he's a crazy guy. Yeah. But a great golfer, I hear. Oh, so, really good. Here's the, here's the takeaway. I think we can leave it at this. Okay. What can you do about it today? Not a whole lot. But what can you think about? And I think that the thing to remember, the thing to take away from what's going on in Hong Kong right now, for one, uh, say a prayer. For yeah, the people of Hong absolutely. Kong. Uh, it actually does do something, even if uh, you know your purple-haired feminist gender studies teacher wants to tell you to go uh, deal un uncharismatically with your thoughts and prayers in an area of the body that's typically reserved for the marriage bed. But send it, send a prayer to Hong, the people of Hong Kong, and and remember this: remember that today there are people across the country that are yearning to be free and when they're yearning to be free and they look up for a symbol when they look up for a sign they look to america because despite our shortcomings we have proven ourselves to be the greatest country in the entire world and the one that is the most free we are quintessentially free and the reason that we're quintessentially free is not because the government of our country has given us more freedoms than other countries have it's because the government the founding government of our country realized that our freedoms were inherent and god-given and encoded in our dna and uh, abrogated themselves from any infringement upon them that's what's made it wonderful that's what's made us free that's what's made us great and that's why in france you know in the 1940s they look up and they don't see gis rolling in they see freedom rolling in and when when protesters in hong kong need the words to fuel their own desires for that freedom 
they don't go to the Chinese national anthem. They sing the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. So remember, use this as a time to remember what made us great. Realize that it's had an impact, a global impact, even if the MSNBCs and CNNs tell you that it hasn't and that we're hated the world over. It has. And remember why. It's beca not because we did anything great, but we realized what was great about the divinity of the individual. Right on, dude. So, um, that has been Carl Pulling. You can find the show on the internets. Uh, you can... Uh, <laughs> very subtle reference. <laughs> very subtle reference to a few uh, well-trusted individuals. Um, we we got an email address. It's carlpooling at gmail.com. We have a website. It's www.carlpooling.com. You can find Hunter on Twitter and... Uh, the other one, Instagram, Instagram, at Emotional Carl. You can find me at Chris X Carl. The show's at Carl Pulling on both those sites. We got iTunes. a Facebook page. We got an iTunes. Rate us. Rate us. us. Review us. Thumbs um, up us. Our, our Reddit, our subreddit doesn't exist because Reddit is for nerds. <laughs> and I think that's it, man. Bunch of, bunch of Fredos and links out there. Bunch of Fredo links. I hate <laughs> you. I hate you kids and your dumb games. That's right. I'm going to go play some Fortnite. Everyone, get out of the backseat. We're home.